your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, hockey fans. You're listening to Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you the biggest news, stories, fun facts, trivia, guests, whatever you want to have it from the National Hockey League all week long, right in your, you know, podcast spots. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20 and get 20% off your next order. My name is Sarah Avampato. I am your uh, MC, let's say, for today's show as we talk to uh, some local hosts of some teams that have some big news. And we're going to start things off with Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians, who uh, is here to share all the information she has on the Claude Julien firing, uh, what led to that, and what the picture looks like uh, behind the bench. Uh, spoilers, Alex Burrows is a coach now. That's real weird. We'll talk about that with Laura Saba. And then we've got John Schick from Locked On Rangers sharing the latest information on the Artemi Panarin situation that has him taking a leave of absence from the team. And also lets us know what the Rangers need to do to set their young phenom Alexei Lafreniere up for success uh, to help him out in his first season in the NHL. So all of that is coming up on today's show. We're going to start things right now with Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians, all about saying goodbye to Claude Julien. So in a move that maybe shocked all of the hockey world outside of possibly Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens fired head coach Claude Julien last week after a kind of stretch of uninspired play. So we've got uh, one half of Locked On Canadians hosts here. We've got Laura Saba with us today uh, to to give us the lowdown on on what happened. So how did the how did the Canadians go from a team that early in the season people were like they're going to dominate this division? to firing their coach? So what I think happened is that the Canadians did come in with a fresh perspective because they had some new players and they did a massive overhaul uh, over the course of the offseason. And it started out really well, but what happened was they were falling back into the patterns from two seasons ago in which they were trying to play too safely. So their possession numbers were consistently dominant, no matter who they were playing, whether it was Toronto, whether it was uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa. But at some point, they went back to, first of all, not being able to keep the puck out of the net on the penalty kill. So their inconsistent goaltending and bad penalty kill from last year came back. And they weren't able to score goals for whatever reason. So those were the two problems that were plaguing them over time in the last couple of seasons. Like they always had good possession metrics because Claude Julien's overall framework system was always good. It's just that there were a lot of little things that the Canadians weren't able to do. The penalty kill was one. The power play was also one. But for me, the penalty kill is more crucial because they consistently took penalties because they were kind of behind on the play. And then they weren't able to keep the puck out of the net. Like, And their penalty kill was abysmal. Like, You could see that they... They didn't know what their assignments were. They didn't know where to be. They they were screening Carey Price. And so those are fundamental hockey mistakes that they were making last year. And it seemed like it had gotten better all of a sudden in the beginning of the season. They just went back to their old bad habits. And it also, I think, kind of, Claude Julian was also falling back on his old bad habits too. And so when 
the Canadians were hanging back, playing safe, and he was throwing the wrong personnel onto the ice, it compacted the problem, compounded the problem. So I think it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just a few bad games. It was two seasons, plus they didn't seem to be consistent with their good play that they had started with. And I think that kind of points to something that I noticed in in seeing the news about this, which is, Everyone who isn't playing in that North division, fans and media and whatever, saw this news and were like, this is like a blockbuster. This is such a shock. This is, you know, wow, why did the Canadians do that? But I feel like everyone I know who follows a Canadian team who has seen the Canadians, who has paid a lot of attention to what's going on up there was like, yeah, no, this was coming. So was it, were you surprised? I mean, I mean, a a coach getting fired is almost always kind of a surprise, but did you see this coming at some point in the future? Yes. Oh, yeah, we absolutely did. Even on the show that, you know, we 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 posted a show that morning and then a few hours later, the Canadians made a coaching change. I was pretty bitter about that. But, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, what, what happened was they people had been calling for him to be fired before the break. And so the Canadians had a week off, uh, a full week between two Toronto games. And what happened just before that break was that last Saturday game that they played, they ended up winning against Toronto. And I think the coach should have been fired at that point, but you can't really fire a coach Mm -hmm. after a win. I feel like there's this like weird hockey, Mm -hmm. hockey, you know, cliche convention or whatever. Um, And it looked like they might be able to turn it around. And over the course of that week that they weren't playing any games, they kept talking about all the video coaching they were doing. And to me, that seemed like a positive sign it seemed like the coach was was kind of, you know, able to to identify mistakes and try and correct them. But what happened was they came back out and playing the same way that they did in their slump before the break. So at that point, lots of people were calling for his head. And we thought, because it's not really Mark Bergevin's style, like he tends to stick with a player too long. He tends to stick with a coach too long. And he was, he took, he in my opinion, it took him like, four years too long like Mm. Michelle Therrien was the coach for four and a half years like I think he should have been fired after that half year to be (laughs) honest um and so it took him so long to fire fire Michelle Therrien that we thought he's gonna take his time with this but we knew it was coming because this was finally it they haven't really uh they haven't made the playoffs organically in five years now and they they haven't shown any progress. And not only that, like he sat on seven to $8 million of cap space every Mm -hmm. single year until this one, this one was the one where he went all out. He like, he signed people to really expensive contracts. He made trades where he gave up players that right now aren't doing that well in Columbus, but, um, (laughs) but you know, like at the time it was a big risk, right? Josh Anderson, one goal all, all, all year and all like, you know, all that narrative that he he's turned out to be such a great player on this team. But you know, this was it. This is like he spent to the cap. He's put the eggs in this basket. And if he does not make the playoffs and, and not just make the playoffs, like you can't just make the playoffs. You have to win at least one round, hopefully two, in order for him to keep his position because he is on the hot seat. Like there's no way at this point, if the Canadians fail this year, he's still going to be the GM. Now, looking at looking at behind the bench, uh, I think that you know, the other thing that was a surprise to those of us who aren't in, in that market is uh, who who has been tapped to replace uh, Claude Julien. So can you tell us a little bit about what the picture looks like for coaching now? 
So in the market, and this is this is something that was it was really for people who are like avid fans and like mm-hmm. media that like are really really in tune to the Canadians. It seemed like Dominique Ducharme was the anointed next one. And I got asked actually earlier this week uh, whether uh, there was any acrimony with the coaching staff or anything like that, and it didn't seem so. It seemed like Claude Julien was had kind of accepted the fact that you know his job is kind of to groom this guy to be the next guy like Dominique Ducharme is an up-and-coming coach he's never really had head coaching experience really uh, at this level but he's got new ideas he's got a fresh perspective and that's something that the Canadians have needed and that's and he was tapped to be the next guy you know we all kind of I think at the at the beginning of last season too, we were just kind of like, okay, this is the guy we think that if Claude Julien moves on, retires, or is fired, he's being groomed to take his place, and that's exactly what happened. We've got more looks at some of the top stories in the NHL coming up right after this on Locked On NHL. We're covering everything you need to know about the NHL here on this show, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Burrows is a coach. (laughs) How? (laughs) That's a really good question, actually. So uh, he was brought on to Laval, I want to say last year, if I'm not mistaken, or the previous year end of it. I I honestly, because we talked about it on our show, like what an impact Alex Burroughs has made uh, with the uh, Laval Rocket. And that was something that was so shocking to me, because to me, he's a guy who's a pest and he's he's a Canuck, which would, you know, as as a Habs fan, that already has negative connotations. But he's a, like he bit a guy, right? <laughs> that we didn't imagine that we saw it happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He literally in the Stanley Cup finals bit someone. So um, not that that guy didn't have it coming, Brad Marchand, <laughs> sticking your hand in somebody else's face. I really, honestly, uh, that whole thing. So like to be part of shenanigans like that and then like be tasked with developing up and coming players for the NHL team was just so funny to me. But we actually had a full episode last last uh, season where we talked about it. And Scott, who is our Laval expert, sort of um, sort of persuaded me that Alex Burroughs is actually a pretty innovative guy. And he's he's got like that he's he's not a player's coach in the way that he's like a friend that lets them get away with anything but he understands their language and he understand what's he understands what motivates them so he was in charge of the Laval special teams and the way it worked out so I read in the athletic I think it was uh Marc Antoine Godet who wrote a sort of a uh, um, a rundown of the day's events where like Marc Bergevin couldn't sleep all night and then he fired Claude Julien and then he called Alex Burroughs up because he fired Kirk Muller too right and Kirk Muller was was in charge of the power play and the power play has been abysmal forever it's it's a hallmark of Cole Julian teams but it apparently seems to be a hallmark of uh Kirk Muller teams and and there there was so much um uh respect from the organization even the day of the firing like there was a lot of like you know thank yous and and all of that kind of stuff and and, and so the the thing that I think Mark Bergevin was thinking about was just like I need to fix two extremely identifiable problems right away so he pulled up Laval has been very successful on this uh, on the special team. So he literally called up Alex Burroughs before he even told Joel Bouchard that he was stealing him away. Um, and he's been brought on for the remainder of the season. So it's like interim 
uh, head coach uh, Dominique Ducharme, and then Alex Bros is here for the remainder of the season. We're told, and then I guess they'll reevaluate what happens. And so for me, I it's it's really jarring to see him behind the Canadians bench, given you know my my existing feelings towards him. But he, by all accounts, like he's a really good assistant coach, and he's been you know, really good right away. You could tell, even though in the first two games, there's only been two games since since the coaching change. And even though in the first two games, things didn't work out exactly what, as you want of the first power play that they got against Winnipeg on Thursday night, they scored. I literally tweeted, I don't know if I'm ready to live in a world where Alex Burroughs was the answer. (laughs) And (laughs) obviously that's oversimplifying it, it a bit, but you're seeing the Canadians do different things on their power play specifically that led to a goal they hadn't scored since the Super Bowl weekend. So, you know, you can see positive changes uh, taking effect right away. And the last two games overall under Dominique Ducharme have been better than under Claude Julien. The second one was much better, but there's still a lot to, to work out. Like, I think he's still falling back on a couple of bad uh, habits under the Claude Julien administration. Um, you can tell this was an election year because <laughs> because I use the word administration, the regime, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think, you know, we're seeing them already in two games. We're seeing them do better things, smarter things, more correct things. All the things that we were complaining about in previous games are slowly dissipating. And so I'm very hopeful that this coaching change will turn the season around. I don't think that the Canadians are going to either come second in the division uh, or win it as people were predicting in the first few weeks of the season. But I do still believe that the Canadians will make the playoffs. And I do think that it is possible to right this ship because of this coaching change. Well, it's it's been a fun time up in Montreal, apparently, and I, I'm I'm glad to see that everyone is equally as jarred by seeing Alex Burroughs in a suit and tie <laughs> instructing the young minds of a hockey team. Uh, and hey, be, be, best of luck to him, honestly. And I hope he just doesn't bite anyone as a coach. That'd be weird. <laughs> yes, me too. Well, thank you so much for breaking down all the latest news with your team. For people who want to find out more, where can they find you and your show online? So on Twitter, we're at LO underscore Canadians, and you can always email us as well. We're at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. But if you want to listen to us, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. There is still more to come about some of the biggest stories in the National Hockey League. First, though, let's talk Built Bar, because Built Bars are basically the most delicious protein bar that I have ever tried in my life. I'm not exaggerating. They're super delicious. They are covered in 100% chocolate, so it's basically like you're eating a candy bar that also happens to not be terrible for you. Built Bars come in 18 amazing flavors, including peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, cookies and cream, and many more. Plus, there are always some limited edition flavors that sneak in there, so you want to make sure you're always looking at BuiltBar.com. They are great for you, whether you are someone who is super health conscious, you're a runner, you're a weightlifter, you're a hockey player, or you're like me and all you do is kind of walk around the block every so often, but you still feel the need for a snack. They are low in sugar, low in calories, high protein, high fiber, and they're great if you're on one of those super fancy diets that's like really into what you're eating. Uh, And you can know that when you're eating a Built Bar, you're eating something that is good for your body. So do yourself a favor, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. 
Use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We also think that you should know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football, of course, is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and, of course, the NHL are all in full swing. And if you want more than just sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, and more. On BetOnline.ag, you can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need. BetOnline.ag is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. That's BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. One of the teams that's been making news recently, and uh, unfortunately for some of the wrong reasons, has been the New York Rangers, who now have a Artemi Panarin-shaped hole in their lineup due to some uh, personal issues that he is taking some time away from the team. And uh, it, it comes at kind of a bad time for the Rangers, who I think are sort of clawing for every point that they can get. So we've got a host of Locked On Rangers here with us today, John Chick, who is going to explain the situation. So I guess we'll start with the, the big the big one, which is Artemi Panarin taking a, a leave of absence from the team. Uh, for anyone who has missed this story, uh, can you kind of give us the, the quick rundown and what's, you know, do we have any new information or anything about his status? Yeah, so I mean, basically out of nowhere, what happened was uh, there's a Monday morning, I'm preparing to do my show and, you know, talk about everything that the Rangers are going through right now and how can they improve the power play and this, that, and the other thing. And I go on Twitter and I see something that I do not expect to see. I don't think anybody expected to see it. And that is that Artemi Panarin being accused of a former coach in Russia of attacking an 18-year-old woman uh, 10 years ago when he was playing for this coach, Andrei Nazarov. And the timing of it was very suspect because it was only a month before this that Artemi Panarin had spoken out against uh, Vladimir Putin and in support of one of Putin's political rivals. And Nazarov in the past had criticized Panarin basically for being critical of Putin. Uh, Nazarov, not exactly the most uh, reputable, uh, credible source, if you will. Uh, I don't have the direct quote here, but basically he was um, he said that any foreign player playing hockey in Russia who says anything bad about Russia should be thrown in jail. So you get the idea, um, not exactly uh, the most credible source, but at the same time, you know, I did recognize when these allegations came out that these are very serious allegations. You can't just 100% say for a fact, like, no, this could not have possibly happened. There's no chance. So for myself, and I think everybody else that was covering the Rangers as well, we're all kind of walking this tightrope where it's like, all right, well, this probably, this doesn't seem like it happened, but at the same time, we don't want to state for a fact that it didn't happen. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where things are now. Uh, Artemi Panarin, he requested a two-week leave of absence from the Rangers. He received it. And, uh, you know, something like this would obviously shake you up a little bit. And I think that's what Artemi Panarin is going through. Uh, some things are bigger than hockey. And, you know, again, these allegations, they don't seem like there's a lot of truth to them. But, uh, you know, if you're the Rangers, you just have to keep your fingers crossed that uh, this gets sorted out. Because from a hockey perspective, like you said, Sarah, uh, there is an Artemi Panarin-sized hole in the Ranger lineup right now. and uh, 
you know, from a hockey perspective, they need him back as soon as possible. How are they doing without him? I know that he has been huge for the Rangers since he joined the team, but uh, how, how are they adjusting to him being out of the lineup? Yeah, I mean, they've done what they can, you know, but nobody's just going to step into the lineup and, uh, you know, replace Artemi Panarin. Uh, they've sort of juggled the lines a little bit. Uh, Ryan Strom had a big night the other night and kind of answered the critics. There's a lot of people who said he only had a good season last year because he was playing with Artemi Panarin, and that's somewhat true. I mean, anybody who plays with Panarin is definitely going to see a bump in production, but that was nice to see. Uh, they had a rough game against the Bruins yesterday. I mean, just could not get anything going offensively. I think they were held to about 20 shots or so, 21 shots. I have it right in front of me right here. So they had only 21 shots. Like I said, they couldn't get anything going. Um, and and you, you feel Artemi Panarin's uh, his absence when, when he's not there and you have a game like this where, you know, you're just struggling to create scoring opportunities, very few second chance uh, opportunities. And uh, yeah, just not a good game overall for the Rangers. It's just, uh, you know, when you lose Artemi Panarin, you're definitely going to feel that, especially when you're a team like the Rangers that maybe lacks the depth of a team like the Bruins or, you know, a team like the Capitals, some of these teams in this Eastern division that have kind of been there and done that and established a winning culture and always are in the playoffs and always making deep runs. The Rangers don't have the kind of depth that the, a team like the Bruins or the Capitals does. And so when you don't have Artemi Panarin, uh, you know, it, it's really going to hurt a team like the Rangers. I did want to take a look at uh, one of your young players who I think everyone has been expecting great things from, but who is off to kind of a, a slow start. Uh, and that is, of course, your number one draft pick, Alexi Lafreniere, who I think at the beginning of the season, uh, when everyone was sort of putting out their uh, their awards picks before the season even started, he was kind of the runaway favorite for Calder just because of uh, who he is and who, who the player he was in juniors and everything. But he is off to a little bit of a slow start. What are you seeing in him? Is this just sort of an adjustment to to playing at this level? And, uh, you know, what, what do you think the Rangers can do to set him up for success going forward? So, yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, there's a little bit of an adjustment going on right now. He is starting to get together a little bit. Obviously, he was really lacking in points in the early portions of the season. But in his last four games, he does have a goal and two assists. He actually picked up the primary assist in the Rangers' lone goal yesterday. He said Colin Blackwell for a goal, so that was nice to see. Uh, one thing that I think that the Rangers could do that could definitely help him, and granted, it's kind of hard to do right now because they have so many injuries to their forwards, and they're kind of shuffling the line combinations and moving guys up the lineup and moving guys down the lineup. Uh, one thing that I would like to see that I've talked about a little bit on my show is to just give him a little bit of continuity because it seems like every game that goes by, he's on a different line and playing a different position, and he's out there with different line mates. You know, he's on the left wing on the third line, and then he's up to the right wing on the second line and then up to the, you know, first line on the right wing and just back and forth and up and down and switching from left wing to right wing. I'd like to see him get out there and try to build some chemistry with the same two teammates. And it's funny because right before this Art, this Artemi Panarin situation happened, it looked like they were maybe going to go with like a super stacked top line of Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and uh, Alexi Lafreniere. And I would have liked to have seen what would have happened there. Because for my money, I do think that Panarin was the MVP of the league last year, even though he didn't win it. I think he does have, you know, a, an effect on his team where, you know, any two linemates that you put him out there with, they're going to instantly just become better players just by way of playing with Artemi Panarin. And as we know, because Zibanejad has been in a, you know, a really tough slump this season and Alexi Lafreniere was slow to get out of the gates. And the first game that they put those three players together, uh, Lafreniere and Zibanejad both scored goals. And uh, Panarin picked up the primary assist on Lafreniere's goal. So, yeah, I mean, it's a line that I would like to see. I think maybe they'll go back to that when, uh, whenever Artemi Panarin comes back. I mean, who knows when that's going to be. But, yeah, for Lafreniere, I think the biggest thing is 
try to um, get him some continuity, try to get him out there with the same players night in and night out. But, you know, the thing that I think is encouraging about this, like I said, you know, he's got a couple points in his last few games here. But by all accounts, he's not getting frustrated. You know, he's still working very hard. He's very coachable. It's all the things that you want to hear. He does see the big picture. So, uh, yeah, it is a slow start. Did I think that Alexi Lafreniere would have more than four points, about 19 games or whatever it is into his career? Yeah, I did. But, you know, it is a work, it's a work in progress, and I think we're getting there. And we'll close things out with a quick look at the upcoming schedule uh, for the Rangers. They have a handful of games coming up, including against the Devils, and I think Buffalo's on there too. Uh, so what's, what's your sort of outlook for maybe the next week on the Rangers lineup? Yeah, I mean, this is huge. I mean, the Rangers, they're about eight or so points out of the playoffs. And that, that can get a little bit muddy because, you know, certain teams have played more games than other teams, and these, this team has game in hands on this team and, you know, whatever it might be. But, you know, I think coming into the season, if you look at this Eastern Division, first of all, the big takeaway is that it's absolutely stacked. There's a lot of really, really good teams. And for a team like the Rangers to make the playoffs, it was always going to be an uphill battle. I mean, it's certainly something that I think was uh, reasonable to suggest coming into the season. And maybe they have a rally in them and they can still pull it off somehow. But I think coming into the season, if you look at this division, and I mean no disrespect to the Sabres or the Devils here, but I think most people probably would have said that those were the two weakest teams in that division. So the Rangers, you know, they got three straight games. It's home against Buffalo. It's at New Jersey. And it's at New Jersey this upcoming week here. I mean, they got to win at least two of these and maybe all three or maybe, you know, come away with five points out of a possible six. Uh, the Rangers really need to, to get it done here because the schedule immediately gets difficult after that. I mean, it's two against Pittsburgh, it's two against Boston, two against Philly, two against the Capitals. So, yeah, I mean, this is huge for the Rangers. If they're going to make any kind of a move, and I realize, you know, we're not even to the halfway point yet, but it really feels like uh, this is a critical, critical week for the Rangers where they got to find a way to rack up some points and, and work their way back into this thing. And unfortunately, they got to find a way to do it with Artemi Panarin, which is going to be a lot easier said than done. Well, like you said, a crucial stretch of games coming up for the Rangers, so we'll keep an eye on that. Thank you so much for sharing all of the information about your team and what's going on up there in New York. Uh, for people who want to hear more from you, who want to keep up with the latest Rangers news, where can they find you and your show out there online? Uh, yeah, you can give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, anytime there's a new episode, I immediately tweet it out. You can find the episode there. I mean, you can find it across any streaming service that you might use, just like any of the other uh, great Locked On podcasts that we have to offer. Thank you so much to all of my guests today for joining the show and sharing what's going on with their teams. Give them a follow on social media, follow their shows, subscribe to them, and all that great stuff. Locked on NHL will be back tomorrow with more news and thoughts and feelings from the league. I'll be back next Monday with more interviews from some of our local experts. Until then, you can find this show on Twitter at Locked on NHL Pods. I'm on Twitter if you want to yell at me at Right Said Sarah. The show, of course, is available wherever you get your podcasts, so make sure you're subscribing. Leave a rating or a review or both, really, if you're enjoying what you're hearing. And come back tomorrow for more hockey talk here on Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day.